0: Welcome to the Fourth Dimension with Toby C. Where participants dare to disclose bizarre experiences that occur in early recovery. The battle between good and evil, of God and of the occult. The psychic challenges we all encounter when trying to do the right thing. Now, here's Toby.
1: Here's Toby. Yeah, I'm back. Can't keep a good mouth down. I'm here with Bruce. Bruce T. Hey, hey, Bruce, what's going on?
2: Hey, Toby. Glad to be here today. Glad to see you again.
1: Yep. And uh, by the way, if you're uh, joining us for the first time, welcome. If you're coming back for another episode of The Fourth Dimension, uh, I want to remind you that this is a concept show. Uh, yeah, it's one of, of thousands of shows about recovery out there. And, and yeah, we do talk about God, but actually the focus of this show is something different. The focus of this show is evil, is Satan is the devil, is the antithesis of evil. Why? Why do we talk about the devil and and evil on this show? I'll tell you why. Because the greatest trick the devil could ever pull is convincing the world he didn't exist. There it is. You know, the most dangerous devil is the one you cannot see. And that's why we're here to talk about that. Why do we want to talk about the devil? Well, I'll tell you exactly why we want to talk about the devil and Satan or negative paranormal energy or the fallen angel, whatever you want to call it. Because if the figure of the devil is missing, then one also loses sight of the figure of God itself or himself. There it is. See, the devil doesn't want us to pay attention to him because if we deny the existence of evil, then then the existence of, of a loving, protective, benevolent God is less relevant and more abstract. How about that for a, an opening monologue, Bruce?
0: <laughs> I like
1: it. To <laughs> get y'all warmed up here. Yes. All right. What we're going to be doing today, as we do every show, uh, if Bruce is willing, is we want to we want to take a calm, objective journey back in time to his earliest memories of. Of trying to get better. You can call it recovery. Just whenever we're suffering and we're in misery, the moment we try to get better, you can call it recovery. And, um, and why don't you take us back to, uh, to your memories of, of the very beginning, you know, and maybe it was even before you, 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 you dabbled, uh, in, in a specific program or rehab, just, just, you know, help us visualize it and feel it, Bruce.
2: Well, after uh a number of years of uh of drinking and other things uh it came to the point where I was uh hopeless uh, alone um, and I knew i couldn't stop um, and i made uh I made that call and uh knowing full well what I really wanted was a validation that I was hopeless i wasn't looking for help because I knew I was hopeless. So I figured the people on the other end of the, of the line or whoever I talked to would tell me after I told them my story, say, oh, yeah, we can't help you just go and die, live in the weeds or whatever. And they didn't say that. Um, and uh, so it started my journey, but I had known such, I guess we're, we're talking about the devil or evil. I had known, I've lived with that for so long that the concept of God um, it was, it, 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 there wasn't, there was no God I'd searched in God. I'd searched all religions. I'd read all the books. I'd tried everything possibly to find some way to stop, uh, drinking. And, uh, I knew that that was, it, w- it wasn't going to happen until I came in, uh, and I met some people that said, uh, you don't have to do that anymore. You don't have to drink anymore. You don't have to live that way anymore. And, um, I, I was interested, it uh, perked my interest. And, uh, so, you know, they talked about drinking and so forth. And then it came to where, then there was God, something, somewhere around this time, they started talking about God and I went, Oh, this isn't going to work.
1: How interesting. I want you to hold that thought for a minute. So, so in the very beginning, one of the first messages you got, Bruce, was that you don't have to drink anymore which is kind of a metaphor for you're possessed by something that you have no control over. But they didn't say that, did they? They didn't say that you were possessed. They didn't say that you had some demon in you. They didn't say anything about evil or the devil or Satan, did they? But they offered up a solution, and the solution was God, wasn't it? Correct. How interesting. Yeah.
2: So... I was searching for God in these early, uh, days, months, and, uh, I grasped on to, um, uh, I called it, um, cosmic glue and cosmic glue for me was I could see the sun come up every day and the sun go down, the moon goes around the earth, the earth spins at a constant speed. The speed of light is 186,000 miles per second. Um, spring, winter, fall, summer, everything is run by nature. Um, So, and it's all, it's all the same time. It's all run by something, something runs nature. Uh, It's all consistent. But my problem was, was, is this force which runs everything, which we call nature, is it conscious? If it's conscious, then it's God. If it's not, it's something else. And so I wrestled with that for a long time um, and called it cosmic glue.
1: Fine. Hold that thought again. So what you're saying was you were wrestling with the the concept of God. Maybe you were wrestling with something called God consciousness, right? They talk about acquiring God consciousness, and and you were still trying to figure it out, weren't you? Yes, yes,
2: it was difficult. It was very difficult because I'd lived in, in fear, and anger, and resentment for so long that it was like um, it was like trying to get rid of
1: uh, my skin. Yeah, let me ask you this: if if they had, if they, whoever they were that you were listening to in early recovery, had said. Bruce, you might be suffering from a condition which only a spiritual experience will conquer. You know, you're, you're possessed by a demon. You know, you, your, your, your actions in your life now are, are not under your control anymore. They're under uh, demonic control, something evil. If they had really painted the picture a little bit more clearly, would you have been wrestling with the, the God factor as much? What do you think?
2: I think it would have scared the hell out of me. <laughs>
1: <laughs> hey, by the way, if you're just joining us, uh, I'm Toby C. We're here with Bruce T. We're talking about evil resistance in early recovery. That's the theme of our show. It's called The Fourth Dimension. You know. And we try to open our minds beyond the limitations of a three-dimensional world. We try to open our minds to not only the presence of a loving God who wants to keep us safe and protected, but also to the presence of, of evil that uh, was there the whole time, just, just, just waiting for us to spring the trap so it could amplify and magnify our, our poor self-centered decisions. So there it is. Didn't mean to interrupt you there, Bruce, but uh, I'm no, so no, into this. Fine. Please, go ahead.
2: So as this went along, um, I, uh, I, w- I was going to meetings, and, and I, I began to th- think that I, I'm going, this, is, this isn't going to work for me this isn't going to work for me. I, I'm not going to, you know, I'm not like this. I'm different. I've got, and I, I thought, and this is where the the evil part came in because I, my head was wrestling with me all the time telling me, you know, you're no good. You'll know you're never stop drinking. You'll know that you can't do this. You know that no one likes you. You know that you're a failure. You know, you're hopeless. And just, it was this constant bombardment of all this negativity. And I went to a meeting uh, one, one day and uh, I was just—I was going like, this is my last meeting. I'm, I just can't handle this anymore. And this guy stood up in the meeting and started beating on the table and screaming at everybody and telling them that he drank more than they did, and they don't know how to drink, and they're just a bunch of losers, and you don't know what you're talking about, and to hell with you all, and walked out. And I went, that's exactly how I feel. And I felt, and that was my first breakthrough where I went like, I, maybe I am like these people. And uh, and maybe there is some hope for me where I can you know uh, not drink again, but the the concept of uh, of a God was it, it, I began to call it God about that time just so that I could converse with other people on a on a, a level of what is what does God mean to you how do you deal with this and it was um, it just opened up a little bit it just opened up very very small because I was. Um, very apprehensive about everybody. I didn't believe everybody. I, I didn't believe anybody had over thirty days. I thought that was a lie. It just was obvious that they they were still drinking to me, and I didn't trust anybody. So I, I really had problems with uh, trust and uh, truth because I hadn't <laughs> that I'd lived with that for so long that that's what I
1: believed. How interesting! This man who is pounding on the table and acting out. And all that. That was a moment that that you started to have some association with the group and, and maybe opened your mind to to this this association that maybe I do belong here, maybe just maybe that little mustard seed of faith that maybe there is a God and one that's a God for me too. What do you think at that moment?
2: Yes. Uh, I, I firmly believe that, that it, it just, like you say, the mustard seed. I didn't realize it at the time, but it I felt, I felt more comfortable at that time. I was going like, you know, I feel there's somebody that I, I absolutely uh, relate to and I feel like, and I started uh, trying to communicate with something. I didn't know what it was, and uh, that was uh, interesting too. I started talking to God on a like a person mm-hmm. instead of uh, I used to pray I, I I really don't like the word prayer because I think it's like petition I I really talk to God now like like I'm talk, talking to Toby I talk to God uh all day long uh every day just about what's going on you know why is it so Hot, why is it summer? why why are the mountains high? Why, you know,
1: I love it. I love it. Before we break here, Bruce, I just want to uh, illuminate one one interesting thing that you mentioned. How often can we see in others what we're incapable of seeing in ourselves? And that moment that you saw evil being transmuted from this man, and you could relate to that, you were all of a sudden able, possibly, to identify and connect with the evil that was within you that you could not see, but it was a reflection of this man in the room. And all of a sudden, you got the message, didn't you?
2: Most definitely.
1: Yeah, I love it. Most Fantastic. Definitely. When we come back after this break with Bruce, we're going to continue on our magical mystery tour back in time, you know, to our earliest memories of of recovery, especially when it comes to something called cleaning house, you know, putting your hand in the hand of another man, a sponsor, and really cleaning house and and emptying our vessel, emptying our house, kicking something out of our house that's evil. And there's consequences for not replacing and filling that empty vessel, that empty house. Right, Bruce? We'll find out. That's right. We'll be right back. Toby C., The Fourth Dimension, here with Bruce T. Stand by.
3: message, then please visit us at com.
0: Allowing the imagination to take us places we might be afraid to go. You are entering the fourth dimension with Toby C. There is no such thing as coincidences. Here's Toby.
1: Hey, I want everybody to remember that, you know, this is not a show about the devil, not about Satan. It's about overcoming drug abuse, alcohol abuse, compulsive shopping, deviant sex, gambling, overeating, whatever you're doing to make your life miserable, okay? The moment the moment many of us try to emerge from that suffering, that bondage of self, something interferes. And that's exactly the nature of this show. We're talking about evil resistance in early recovery with Bruce. We're talking about the the early meetings, Bruce, in the very beginning. What was going on?
2: Hey, Toby. We're back. So I was talking about, uh, I'm wrestling with, with God at this time, and I I began to call it God after Cosmic glue, and now my head is telling me that who am I and what's going to become of my life, excuse me, and I'm going to have to get, you know, my friends, my so-called friends who drink excessively because that's the only kind of friends I had are now going to be gone and I'm going to be alone. What am I going to fill this gap with? And it began to be, then fear set in and I began to hear like, well, you, you don't want to live that way. And what's life without, without alcohol that, that doesn't sound like a very good life. You won't be happy. You won't be laughing. You won't have friends. And I started wrestling with what would my life be like not drinking? Well, I'd never, I don't know. I never knew what it was like to live without drinking, so
1: it was your friend, wasn't it? It was your companion, wasn't it? Absolutely.
2: And it was my only friend. I didn't. And uh, if I didn't have it, then I didn't have anything. And now you're telling me that I can't.
1: That I have to give up my my only friend, who was always there for me and never let me down. That spirit. Right.
2: It never, yeah, it never let me down because uh, once I uh, drank, everything was okay. <laughs> <That's right. laughs> and, and now, uh, so I. Uh,
1: so if I'm going to go ahead and abandon this, then I need to replace it with something. And and there and there's the big dilemma that so many people uh, hit in early recovery. I've heard it referred to as no man's land. What do you think?
2: Yes. And I don't know how you, and that's one of the hardest thing when I talk to another alcoholic is um, trying to tell them what it's like to live without alcohol or drugs. Uh, Because if you haven't done it, how are you supposed to know what that's like? And I had a lot of fear what it was like because I didn't know what it was like. Am I going to be able to dance? Am I going to be able to surf? Am I going to be able to ski? Am I going to be able to hold a job?
1: Perfect. Hold that thought. So what you're talking about is you had developed an absolute core dependence on alcohol. And it wasn't at a chemical level. This was your lifestyle. This was your, this was your, this is, this is all tied into your identity. Everything about you, right?
2: Everything about me. I never, I didn't realize it until later on, but I never ate at a restaurant that didn't serve alcohol. Um, I just wouldn't do it. I'd always eat at pizza joints or a restaurant that served alcohol because I just, that's just the way it was. I didn't realize that until later on, but alcohol would permeate my, and I didn't realize how much I really drank. Um, I don't know about other people, but I didn't have anybody to compare to how much I was drinking. And when I stopped drinking and I started talking to people about how much I drank, it was, uh, it was sort of mortifying because I thought everybody drank huge amounts of alcohol every day, all night. And I used to wake up in the middle of the night and think I was thirsty and I'd have a six pack and then go back to bed or take a couple shots. And I just thought that was just, I thought everybody did that. I, I don't, I, di- I didn't talk to anybody about it, but I just figured they did the same thing I did because I that saw was,
1: that was your normal. That yeah. was the horse you'd been riding and that, that was it. Right? Yeah. And the reason why I bring up that horse, Bruce, is because you were asked to change horses in midstream and to get on a new horse. Yeah. <laughs> and and like so many of us, we're kind of reluctant to get on this new horse. We know the old horse that we've been riding, man. We don't know this new horse. So a lot of us end up just kind of just getting off both horses and wading through the water and hanging out in the stream. Yeah. And uh, go ahead.
2: So I, I I went along and by taking away all this this fear anxiety um, and alcohol um, it was scary at the beginning but my because my head started uh, talking louder and telling me that uh, what are you doing why are you doing this uh, and it, it was terrifying.
1: It t- says. Bruce, you don't want to get on this new horse. This is a mistake. (laughs) Don't do it. It's a (laughs) trick. I got to tell you. And that tricking, you know, is a message. And that message sometimes does not come from within. It's an external message. When we come back with Bruce T, we're going to be talking about evil resistance. The things that happen that discourage us from getting on that new horse and taking a new ride in sobriety. How about that? Toby C, The Fourth Dimension. Be right back with Bruce T.
3: message, then please visit us at itmtoby.com
0: Making sense out of nonsense, making you as curious and uncomfortable as possible with the truth. You've landed in the fourth dimension with Toby C., All right,
1: listen, we're just trying to have a healthy uh, and balanced outlook, not only on God, but on Satan, on the antithesis of God, okay? You know, remember, you know, the greatest trick the devil could ever pull is convincing the world he didn't exist. And for us to deny the existence of evil, to to deny that, that there's possibly evil present, is to possibly deny the existence and the presence of the antithesis of evil. And that's God. And, and again, when we, when we fail to really um, give credit where credit is due, that's exactly where the devil wants us. Remember, you know, the devil wants us to blame him, blame her, blame it, blame ourselves, blame God, blame anything and anybody on our agony and our misery except him. And this show, my, my friend is about the Garden of Eden, but we're not here to talk about Adam and Eve. We're not here to talk about the forbidden fruit. We're here to talk about the snake, okay? That's it. Bruce, try to objectively point out where the snake was for you in early recovery, when you were first coming into the, the rooms and what what it was, what the feeling was like, This this whole quandary of of god consciousness and 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 help from a higher power was a pretty confusing journey in the very beginning wasn't it
2: absolutely toby uh i listened to the people in in aa and as as you said i was very very confused because i'd i'd been to many many religions looking for quote god and i knew that that didn't work and i began this horse thing so i'm 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 riding my horse into AA and I've, I've been in that saddle. It fits me fine. Sure. It's had rough. I, but I, I, I know this horse and now they're telling me, get off this horse, get on this horse in midstream In midstream. And you're going to have a better life and everything's going to be wonderful and you'll love it. And I'm going like, how do I know that? How do I know this? I'm giving up I'm giving up misery and drinking and going to jail and all this stuff. I know this stuff. And now you're telling me, oh, your life's going to be great. You're going to have these people love you. And I'm going, well, well, maybe I won't like that.
1: Oh, and yeah. by the way, they're telling you that you can't have one foot in one stirrup on one horse and another foot in another stirrup on the other horse. It's called half measures and they avail us nothing. <laughs> yeah. you got to get off that horse or stay on it, right?
2: I heard that. I heard yeah. that. Yeah. And that was that was my dilemma is like, once I got off one horse, i, I I was going to get on the other horse that in my mind, I could not get back on my old horse. I had to ride the new horse and where it was going to take me. And I had to do whatever was going to be, uh, done. And I was, it was fearful. I mean, it's fair as crazy as that may sound to give up all the misery and heartache and, 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 uh, getting beat up and beating people up and, and, and divorces and car crashes and everything to give all that up for something that I don't know, but I'm just, people are just telling me it's going to be great is, is, and it says so in the book It's for some,
1: this is a hard choice. It's called faith. Yeah. And when you have a history of fear, moving into a place of faith isn't so easy, is it Bruce?
2: No, no. It's it, it, for me, it wasn't. And, uh, I started talking, uh, and then I learned in, uh, in AA that, uh, a lot of people, um, really didn't, uh, care about whether, you know, what I was doing. They were involved with their own, uh, demons or, or whatever their road to recovery was. And I had to find, search out the people that were willing to help me who I trusted. Uh, I got some people at the beginning were, um, had ulterior motives or did not really believe in the concept of Alcoholics Anonymous. And uh, it took me a while to find the people that were really working the program and what the program was. I I had no idea what what this was all about, the steps, um, what does that mean, uh, what is a higher power, um, and that higher power um, was, uh, you know, and then it says in the book, The purpose of Alcoholics Anonymous is for you to find a power greater than yourself, which will solve all your problems.
1: They're talking about the new horse is what they're talking about. They're talking about you getting off the old horse and getting on that new horse. Bruce, do you remember anything or anybody or any action or activity or event discouraging you and telling you, you don't want to get off this horse. You don't want to get off this old horse, man. This new horse is not the right horse for you, Bruce. Beware, Bruce. Don't do it. It's a trick, Bruce. Do you ever remember that? Any discouraging events or moments or messages?
2: Absolutely. I mean, my head was uh, substituted. Uh, you know, all I did was look for differences at that time. I like, you know, uh, that person's too tall. They're too fat. They're too short. They're, they're too old. They're too young.
1: Loving it. You're talking about being in judgment. Yeah.
2: And, uh, and I, I couldn't, and I'm, I'm not trying to relate to anybody. I'm just looking for the differences.
1: Beautiful. You're talking about the narrow mind. That's exactly what the devil wants us. The devil wants us to have a narrow mind and to be in judgment. Yes. Absolutely. Yes. And, and what, a, what a compelling reason to stay on the old horse.
2: <laughs> yeah. It's comfortable. Even though in my misery, I, I, I knew it. I knew it well. So uh, I had to I had to make that choice, and it was at one time I I had to get divorced. I had to get rid of all. uh, uh, I had to get rid of a business. I had to do, uh, and I I made that decision to get on that horse wherever it was going to lead, and and give it a try because I finally made that decision that uh, I didn't want to ride that old horse anymore. It was uh, it was it was too bad. It was too. It was just horrible. It was horrible.
1: So what you're talking about, Bruce, is the leap of faith. There was a leap of faith. You jumped off the old horse finally, and it was a real leap of faith to get completely on this new horse. And really, the the metaphor of this leap of faith on the new horse that Bruce is describing is when we trust God. We trust the process. We're willing to put our hand in the hand of another man and do something called clean house, to really uh, get a a profound understanding and a clear recognition of what's going on and to empty our vessel. Were you able to finally clean house and empty your vessel uh, for the first time when you finally jumped on that new horse?
2: I tried. (laughs) (laughs) To
1: the the, best of
2: your ability. Yeah, the best of my ability. Because uh, another thing from growing up, I mean, the word surrender was uh, not part of my vocabulary. I was taught from an early age, never surrender. Um, And, you know, Alamo, they all died, they never surrendered, and John Wayne, and et cetera, et cetera. And I, I didn't like the word, uh, asking for help. I mean, if, uh, I was taught, if you, if you ask for help, you're weak.
1: I love it. You know what you're describing? This attitude of not wanting to surrender, and this reluctance to ask for help, is, it's our survivalist, instinctive, mentality okay we're survivalists of course we're we're not going to ask for help we're gonna we're gonna depend on ourselves and our own wit first all right stay away from the predator and not become prey but there it is you know this uh this reluctance and um but you overcame this reluctance and you you did clean house to the best of your ability in early recovery when you got on this new horse for the the best of your ability and you clean house do you think you really, do you really, in in the very beginning, do you, did you feel the presence of God come into you? Did you feel evil and uncertainty and fear leave you? Do you feel like your house was being cleaned? Do you feel as though you were emptying your vessel a little bit and, and moving some bad stuff out of there? What do you think?
2: Yeah, well, there was proof because... Uh... I wasn't drinking.
1: There you go, <laughs> and
2: uh, and that never happened before. I was I was so happy that I had. That's a
1: demonstration of faith right there. Yeah. I'm not
2: drinking. Something must be working. Something must be working, man. I remember I got a couple of days, and I man, wow, this is yeah. this is different than a, a week and a, you know a month. I mean, I, I I look back and I don't think I was ever sober since the time I was 13. I mean, I just I, I always. Somehow I always managed to have uh alcohol around me and have it. And I didn't I didn't understand I didn't know so, that either.
1: So your behavior changed. You stopped drinking. Hey, let me ask you this. If if there was a devil, if there was Satan, if there was some energy that did not have your best interest at heart, was it happy that you were not drinking anymore? Hell no. Hell no. You yeah. know? And um do you remember any little interference? It, it was thrown out there when you you were putting together some time, man. Do you remember any any little bumps in the road, any little any little baited traps that he threw out there for you that you might have sprung or narrowly missed? What do you think?
2: Well, my at this time it's, I was going like this is taking too much time.
1: <laughs> you know? There it is, impatience. <laughs> yeah. impatience, patience.
2: Yeah, man. yeah. So I was, you know, I'm going like. You know, you have to go all all these meetings all the time. You have to call your sponsor and you have to do the steps. I'm going like, I don't know if I have enough time to do all this. And how well do you want to get? I mean, halfway well sounds pretty good.
1: Uh, Interesting. So what you're talking about are Satan's, a few of his wonderful weapons. One is boredom. One is impatience. Yeah, there's intolerance. These are all things that we experience in early recovery, gang, right? I experienced it. Sounds like you experienced it. Mm-hmm. You know, we're, we're on this new horse. We're kind of getting our sea legs, trying to figure this out. And we experience boredom and anger and intolerance. Tapping our foot. Come on, come on. Let's get, you know, yeah, there it is.
2: Yeah, it was, it was just, it was all new because, um, First, I didn't believe people really cared about... I believed everybody just cared about themselves, period. Um, and here I'm coming in and I'm listening to people and I'm pretty jaded as thinking, nah, everybody's full of baloney here. This isn't really how they really think and they're being nice and they want you to come back and go to coffee and all this stuff. And I'm going like, hmm i'm I'm not buying it right now but uh i began to i began to open up the crack a little bit right there where i saw i mean well i started thinking maybe some of these people are 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 really really believe this and 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 that was another little you know i'm going like well if they can if they believe this, maybe I can believe this i don't i don't know how this happens, but they seem and i it, when you meet somebody in Alcoholics Anonymous, you've really never seen them drink and you've never seen their bad side. So now you're seeing uh, months or years of, of progress and it's hard to think of them as being uh, godless and uh, and deprived and wicked and bedeviled and, the, and with demons. And and they talk about it, and then you, you go, oh my God, that was me, I thought that. Uh, they I must be like them. And it, it just opened up a whole, uh, where I, I realized I wasn't alone with this disease, and I began to realize that it is a disease.
1: Yeah, you know, we're gonna break for our final segment here for the hour one, but what Bruce is talking about is the meeting, okay? The kinship of common suffering. There's a lot of judgment. There's a lot of weird messages going on in early recovery. And believe me, the devil, Satan, is, is, is goosing those messages, believe it or not. We're going to be right back with Bruce T. I'm Toby C. The name of the show is called The Fourth Dimension, talking about evil resistance in our earliest memories of recovery, trying to get better. Stand by. Be right back.
3: If you enjoy our message, then please visit us at itmtoby.com.
0: Are you feeling a little uncomfortable? Then you're right where you belong. In the Fourth Dimension with Toby C.
1: All right. Hey, let's be sure that, you know, they... They refer to alcohol as a spirit for a reason. And if you come into recovery, you might become inspired. And what's inspired mean, Bruce? In spirit. There you go. So you can have the you can drink the spirit, or you can become filled with the spirit in a different way. You can fill your gizzard and your gut with the spirit, or you can fill your your house, your soul, your mind. With the spirit. All right, Bruce, take it away for the uh, the last segment of of hour one. early recovery, earliest memories was 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 evil there telling you you're on the wrong horse, baby? Talk to us.
2: <laughs> Thanks, Toby. Yes. Uh, so using the horse uh, uh, model, uh, once I got on that horse and i'm I'm on this horse now, all of a sudden my uh, head started taking a new track and started telling me, um, why are you on this horse? Uh, why are you doing this? Uh, first of all, you're too old. I was in my forties when I came into Alcoholics Anonymous and, uh, I see people that are coming in there in their twenties and I'm going, well, and my head's telling me, well, they're going to have a good life and yours is over. You wasted it. It's already gone. Why are you, why are you doing this
1: now? Stand by. Was God telling you that message? Or was the devil telling you that message? Don't say it was me, okay? <laughs> don't don't give yourself so much credit. What do you think it was coming from? It wasn't coming from a loving God, was it? Oh, no. It was coming oh, no. from some dark side of you, wasn't it?
2: Yes. There it was a go. demonic presence in my mind. Mm-hmm. I, I believe that to be mm-hmm. true. And then uh, at the same time, it started judging everybody in every meeting of what they said, what they shared, uh, were they telling the truth? Um, uh, they didn't say it the right way uh it, it just it was on and on to where I was hearing all these things from, as you say, uh, the devil or whatever that was making me just want to get off that horse and just run and not go to AA anymore and not go to any meetings because uh, this this voice was just yeah. clamoring hey, at hey, me. And, and hey, I had,
1: Bruce, where was your old horse? Gone.
2: <laughs> it's gone. I couldn't get back on that thing.
1: We're kind of like men who have lost their legs. They never grow new ones, do they? No. That means you can't get your old horse back either, can you?
2: No, no. I'd already made that decision. So I began to uh, 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 rotate and uh, get to uh, people that I really respected and who I thought were telling the truth because I still had a problem with people who said they had years of sobriety um, I knew that that it just couldn't it couldn't be true, and uh, I, I know that's true today. But I went to people and uh, and asked for help, and uh, and and some people uh, said yes they would help me, and I thought that was interesting too because they they used their time, and I began to tell somebody a little bit about myself, and it was difficult and my brain was telling me or my mind was telling me all the time don't tell anybody
1: you know why because maybe you were terrified of being judged yet how easy it was for us to judge others and yet to be terrified about being judged how interesting yeah but you but you did you finally you finally cracked open a little bit didn't you and And trusted the process a little bit, didn't you?
2: Yes, and it was difficult it was It was very, very difficult to trust somebody um, and let myself be vulnerable. I, I didn't want anybody to know what I'd done and how um because I remember uh telling people how much who were not alcoholics, how much I drank because I was looking for help, and I thought I might have to you know, I thought I was drinking too much, and I talked to people who weren't alcoholics, and I told them how much I was drinking, and they just got this look of sheer terror on their face, like, you can't be drinking that much, and I'm going like, oh, no, no, no. I, I, I was just sort of kidding. I was exaggerating or something, and then I wouldn't talk to anybody about it anymore or things I'd done.
1: Couldn't get honest, could you? No. Couldn't get honest. You were in fear, weren't you?
2: Oh, absolutely! Because and I thought I was different from everybody, and I thought is, that I, I had a different problem than everybody. And if I was different, then this wasn't going to work for me. So now I've made the choice to get on this horse and try this out, and giving up my my old oh, horse. A leap,
1: a leap of faith for somebody who is paralyzed with fear. <laughs> yeah. How interesting. Yeah.
2: yeah. So I, I began to um, tell one person and. Um, it began to it, it began to feel better. It began to feel better to tell someone what I was doing, what I was thinking, and a lot of uh what I was telling this person they they would laugh, and you know, I'm going like, I'm telling you that you know that my soul here and you're laughing, and he was relating to you know that he was an alcoholic too, and that he had the same thing had happened to to him, and I felt two things. one is, well, I'm not special anymore which I really thought I was. And the other thing is I'm going like, I'm like him. And it it began to become easier and easier
1: to talk. Excuse me. And what you're describing, Bruce, is unity. You started to experience unity. You started to experience feeling a part of this sense of belonging, didn't you? Even Even in its most smallest forms. Yet, evil wants to keep us feeling terminally unique and divided and separate from from our brethren, right so there it was you you were experiencing in early recovery the first glimmers of of a loving God expressed through unity, but was the devil still there saying eh, "I don't know, oh yeah, because
2: I could always find some fault with with uh uh, with my first sponsor, I could find a lot of fault in his life, and it was—it wasn't. I had to put aside his life and concentrate on the message he was trying to convey towards me, because he could convey the message better than anybody that you know. And I chose him because of this, because he could convey it well. How it—how he ran his life was not the way I would have wanted it, or 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 thought somebody should do. But that was not what I was looking for. What I was looking for is the, the path to ride my horse, if you want to say. I wanted the path of how I get to a place of, like it says, the promises. I mean, the fears, uh, all the, where all that would go away, supposedly. I mean, I, I didn't know. I still say, how, how, do you, how are you supposed to know when you, when you never experienced it?
1: The answer to that question, like so many how and why questions, is answered when we clean house. When we come back with hour two with Bruce T, we're going to be talking about cleaning house. We're going to be talking about you know, doing the inventories and really cleaning our soul and our spirit, emptying our vessel, and the, the interesting phenomenas and obstacles that we encounter when we have an empty vessel and we fail to protect it and fill it with good things. Bruce, thank you so much. We're going to come back at hour two. Thank you, Toby. I'm Toby C., 4th Dimension. Be right back.
3: If you enjoy our message, then please visit us at ITMToby.com.
0: Welcome to The Fourth Dimension with Toby C, where participants dare to disclose bizarre experiences that occur in early recovery, the battle between good and evil, of God and of the occult, the psychic challenges we all encounter when trying to do the right thing. Now, here's Toby.
1: Here's Toby. I'm back. Welcome to The Fourth Dimension, if it's your first time, if you're a repeat offender, Welcome back. Welcome back to the fourth dimension. It's your not so typical recovery show. Yeah, we don't talk about God too much. We talk about getting better. And we talk about recovery, whatever program of recovery you're in or whatever you may be suffering from. But no, this shows a little unusual in that we talk about the greatest trick on humanity ever pulled. And the greatest trick on humanity ever pulled is to convince the world that the devil doesn't exist. How about that? We talk about evil resistance and early recovery on this show, and and we're back on Hour 2 with Bruce T. Welcome back, Bruce.
2: Thank you, Toby. It's good to be back. How was your lunch? Absolutely yeah. tasty.
1: <laughs> anyway, what we're going to continue doing here is, is talking about early recovery. Some of the things that that Bruce encountered in early recovery, and I'm Probably, I probably had similar experiences, and maybe you or, or your loved one, um, may have may can maybe can relate to this. But I got to tell you, we're not going to be talking about you know only you know, I, you know looking back. I can see where God was doing for me what I couldn't do for myself. No, that's not what this show is all about. This is about taking a calm, objective look back, and looking at not where God was, but possibly where evil was, where Satan was, where the devil was, amplifying our bad decisions, amplifying and magnifying our our self-centered motives. How about that? And so many of us experience this in early recovery and it's a bumpy road, bumpy, bumpy road. So today we're gonna continue, for this hour, talking about early recovery, Bruce. So where do you wanna go uh, with this hour? I think I already know, take it away.
2: Well, thanks, Toby. What I want to uh, talk about today was uh, something that happened to me in early recovery, which was um, after I got um, comfortable in AA in about a year, about a year, year and a half, I started to meet people and um, I met a couple people and they started steering me towards a certain person and uh, said that this person has good recovery. and. Uh, has a good message and they liked going with him and to these meetings that were, it. I look back now and they were like private meetings. Um, they were, uh, not all of them were listed on the meeting list and it was like you had to be invited to them, which I thought was not knowing at the early sobriety, I thought it was sort of weird, but it was, I was welcomed and made to feel comfortable and I became part of this group and they had a name they had a name for it it was called the minute minders so we were minute minders and this being in this group validated that I was somebody and that I was with somebody who knew more than everybody else and these things were sort of like underlying current of this whole uh, group. And there was probably about twenty people that were in the Minute Minders, and the Minute Minders had their own groups. Sometimes they would go to um, regular meetings, open meetings, but most of the time we kept to ourselves because we knew that. I look back at it now; I didn't understand then that our message was pure. And, and better.
1: There you go. Now hold that thought, Bruce. You joined this group and you were invited to this group and this give, gave you an overwhelming sense of unity, didn't it? Uh, being invited and being part of this group gave you this, this sense of belonging, yes. didn't it? And that's what recovery is all about. So naturally, and I got to tell you, I had a similar experience as many of us do to, to somehow connect with a home group or, or a group that we frequently meet with, and sometimes they spin off into little private groups. But it's all about unity, isn't it? Yes, and, yes. And there comes a point, Bruce, where this, this private group um, all of a sudden perhaps does not represent God as he expresses himself through the group anymore. At some point, these private groups, if, if we're not careful... Can become unhealthy and can and 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 cease to become a place where God can reveal himself through the group was this your experience
2: yes toby um, so this went along um, and I was happy um, I got uh, started dating one of the girls in the group and uh, it went along and as I began to uh, become more and more familiar with the um, the main character in this group, uh, I became friends with him and, um, he guided me. And then, then there became, um, after about two years, there became a situation where I saw that this man was, um, the leader of the group was making a bad decision, a bad financial decision, uh, based on romance or something. And I, and I brought it to his attention that I said, well, I think you, you got to look at this because I don't think this is, I, I see it totally different than you're seeing it. And he sh- told me to shut the hell up and uh, that I didn't know anything and I was just a newcomer and he had more years than me. And
1: and he'd forgotten more than you'll ever understand. <laughs> <One of> the-
2: <laughs> yeah, I heard that too. Yeah. And uh, I was uh, pretty well beat down and shocked by that uh uh, because I was just trying to be helpful and 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 help him out, and here i'm getting shot down and and discouraged i was yes, and I was sort of scorned after that and um by the group or by him or by his his devotees well he he definitely scorned me, and then the the devotees yes, they um began to pull away from me, and uh I felt. Like, uh, that I would landed on this island and all of a sudden everybody was kicking me off the island and I had no place to go. I was all by myself again.
1: I love it. Hold that thought. Okay. If you're just joining us, I'm Toby C. The name of the show is called The Fourth Dimension. And our subject, like every show, is talking about evil resistance that so many of us encounter and experience in early recovery. And it's in and it's a bump in the road. And quite often a lot of... Uh, quite often these experiences uh, throw us off our trajectory of, of getting better and, and ending our misery and our suffering. And what we're talking about right now with Bruce is we're talking about the unity. You know, God, as he expresses himself through the group, God wants us to be in a group. God does not want us to be alone. At least the God of my understanding, Bruce, does not want us to isolate and be alone. He wants us to be in communion with our fellow man. Absolutely. And by the way, if you're not careful, um... You might have an experience like me and you might all of a sudden experience god through the group and god might talk to you through the group and you might experience these things called god shots through the group but there comes a point quite often if we're not careful where the group no longer is there to glorify a power greater than ourselves individually all of a sudden we're there to uh uh participate in some sadistic passive aggressive partnership with somebody your group had a deity your group had a leader your group had a powerful personality that led this group this
2: is true and, toby uh, and
1: and was god at the at the at the the end there when when you took this scorning and this discouraging you know emotional beatdown was was that god or was that a test from god or or was this um perhaps Evil expressing himself through the group and through this person. What do you think, Bruce?
2: I think that's exactly what happened because the group got um, got disbanded after that, and uh, everybody went their separate ways. And a lot of people got drunk or or started using again or whatever. But that it was a, a total disconnect because. I, had, I, could see, I can see now and looking back that I had built my sobriety on a, an individual um, who everybody had joined in with me and said that this is, this is the word <laughs> and uh, this is the way. And uh, I was misled.
1: You were alienated from your home group, weren't you? You're alienated from your home group by this private group that you joined and that grabbed a hold of you. And um, do you think that could have been the point where you departed from from, from the, the safety and the sanctity and the protection of God is when you left the home group and you joined this, this private group?
2: Yes, because then I went back. I tried to go back to regular meetings again, and it was very difficult at first because I felt... Um, it's like everything had changed. Uh, what The message that I heard was changing. The uh, atmosphere of the rooms was not the same. The people were not the same. I wasn't treated the same. Um, no one knew who I was because I hadn't been around. And uh, I felt really uh, lonely again. It was, a, it was a rough time for me. And um, I saw some of the people from the from the previous group, and they were just jointed and uh, very... Lost also, and it took me a while to feel comfortable in uh, Alcoholics Anonymous again, um, where I b- began to go to just regular meetings uh, wherever they were, and and uh, but uh, I think I was v- really vulnerable, and I know a lot of those people were really vulnerable
1: at that time. What an what an interesting experience, and and I'll bet a lot of people have something very similar. It's you know recovery, whether it's AA or some other, uh, program is called a kinship of common suffering. It's where a group of people get together and they really want to, and they really want to get better. And what right pickings for the devil to go in there and so, uh, envy and hurt and anger and confusion and bewilderment, right. And, and yes. disunion and disunity. That's exactly what, what evil wants to do. It's, it's it's a it's a battle. It's a battleground, isn't it? Yes. And so many of us, Bruce, are a little bit vulnerable in early recovery because you know we got that empty vessel, like we talked about last hour. You know, cleaning house is about expelling you know some bad energy, some bad spirit, a demon, whatever you want to call it. Okay. But we gotta we gotta refill that vessel with something good. And uh, and maybe when you joined this group and you're alienated from your home group. You were denied the chance to really completely fill your vessel with something good and keep it that way. What do you think?
2: Yes toby i uh it, it was a um, like I say, it was a weird experience, and I began to as I began to go to meetings again and uh, get a conscious contact with God and, and began to listen to people. it was really it was hard listening to people again because um, they were that what they were saying was not what I heard before. I, now I'm hearing true AA and a, a complete um, uh, monologue
1: or a complete different feed. How interesting. Same message, same messengers, different different take takeaway. How interesting. We're going to be right back with Bruce T. I'm Toby C, the host of a show called The Fourth Dimension, where we talk about evil resistance, evil encounters, external things that happen that are negative and discourage Discouraging to so many of us in early recovery. Stand by. We'll be right back.
3: If you enjoy our message, then please visit us at itmtoby.com.
0: imagination to take us places we might be afraid to go you are entering the fourth dimension with toby c there is no such thing as coincidences here's toby
1: okay we're back with bruce t we're talking about evil resistance and early recovery and um we don't have a lot of time for the bottom of the hour but uh just to be sure you know this is not a show about the devil this is a show about god okay okay um, the reason why we talk about the devil is because the devil doesn't want us to talk about him. The devil wants us to deny his existence, its existence. Why? Because simply if the figure of the devil is missing, then one also loses sight of the figure of God himself, or itself. It's that simple. And that's what the devil wants us to to think of God as being very remote, very abstract. See? There it is, but he's not. He's real and he's external. And, um, you know, quit blaming yourself and blaming him and her and God. And, uh, and let's start looking at, at what happens when evil reveals himself and channels itself through other people. Bruce, take it away.
2: Hey, Toby. Glad to be back here. Thank you. Um, at this time when, uh, this group, uh, the MinuteMinders, um, disbanded, um, I really had a hard time getting back into Alcoholics Anonymous. I felt lost, I felt uh, alone, I felt bewildered, I felt um, disconnected. I mean, all the things that uh, had made me want to stay were now taken away and I I was drifting. I tried to go to meetings um, and it just wasn't the same, I I couldn't relate anymore. It was was a, a really bad time. And I began to have thoughts of why, uh, why can't I drink? I couldn't remember why I stopped. What, why was it was such a big deal? It began to get really cloudy and muddy. Of, uh, and I realized I was on a slippery slope at that point.
1: You had, so you 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 pulled away or, or pushed away from your home group. Where you should've stayed all along, Okay, correct. come to think of it correct and uh and 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 that's where the devil wants us to be. He the devil wants us to be out there, not close to him and close to the group. Um, so we might just have that notion of why can't we drink? there it is, and uh and and were you hurt and were you angry, and did you have a few damn good reasons to go out there and get loaded while you're out there, you know floating through no man's land away from your home group? What do you think?
2: Yes, Toby, I I began to think that because like it says in the book, um, that I will not be able to bring up the pain of even a moment ago. Um, And I couldn't remember all the things of why I stopped drinking. I mean, my story is horrendous. And if, if anybody heard it, they would say this guy definitely needs to stop drinking. And at that time, I was started, it was all was blocked in my mind. And I couldn't, I couldn't bring up why I was stopping drinking, why it was such a big deal. I mean, I saw people um, in bars and, and restaurants uh, drinking a glass of wine or a beer or a cocktail and they didn't seem to have a problem. And I'm going like, well, why was I making such a big deal out of this? I mean, I'm obviously I stopped when I wanted and it, it, it became um, very disturbing. Um, and I I couldn't relate to anybody anymore, and I like I pulled away more and more and more. Where my I said meetings are you know they're too. I began to get of course I'm sober, so I'm getting more work and I'm busy and I'm doing things and I'm joining civic groups and I'm having fun and I'm meeting people and I'm just getting less and less contact with God and Alcoholics Anonymous
1: and becoming more and more distracted.
2: Absolutely, there
1: it is, and I think one of the the reasons why, we, why many of us have a home group and a, uh, and, and a rhythm is, is what we really have is a daily reprieve from our insanity, right? The, 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 the overwhelming compulsion to drink, which is contingent upon the maintenance of our spiritual condition, which means stay close and, and, and pay attention. Uh, but uh, something doesn't want us to pay attention. Something wants us to be distracted. And you are distracted. And you're out Absolutely. There. And you were angry, and you were hurt, and you were confused. Did a loving God, a God of your understanding, Bruce, was that, was that a loving God that wanted you to, to experience that? Was that a test, some sadistic test from God? Or was this something evil that was somehow reaching you and, and discouraging you and, and, and keeping you in the evil three-letter question of why?
2: well i i believe it was it was something evil because um it just unravels so fast and so ugly that uh before it was so wonderful and then all of a sudden it became um real real ugly real fast and it 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 blew my mind to put it mildly about how uh what had happened and why and how did i get here how did i get here when everything was when really if and then i started going back to meetings again i tried to get that hook but it just wasn't the same and I, I my you can call it evil or whatever but it started hammering on me over and over and over
0: again
1: when we come back after the bottom of the hour um we're really going to mash it out here with bruce he's going to tell us a wonderful experience he had in early recovery you want to talk about evil Oh man, stick around. Evil resistance, evil interference, evil distraction that so many of us experience in early recovery. I'm Toby C. The name of the show is called The Fourth Dimension. We're gonna be right back with Bruce T.
3: message, then please visit us at itmtoby.com.
0: Making sense out of nonsense, making you as curious and uncomfortable as possible with the truth. You've landed in the fourth dimension with Toby C.,
1: Welcome back. This show is a little unusual. This is a very unusual recovery show. We're not here to, you know, we're here to talk about God, a God of your understanding. We might even venture into the Garden of Eden. But we're not here to talk about Adam and Eve. We're not here to talk about the forbidden fruit. We're here to talk about the snake. There it is. We're here to talk about the snake. Why do we want to talk about the snake? Well, the snake being a metaphor of, of evil, because we want to be sure that, that we're aware of the presence of evil. You know, and by the way, I love this show because we can, many of us who are, are calm and more or less restored to sanity to some degree, you know, we can go back now and take a calm objective look back and we can actually possibly pinpoint where evil was present. Even though at the time maybe we were so distracted or so sick uh, that we were unaware of it, right? And um, I'm just going to share you a quick story before I turn it over to Bruce, because we're talking about uh, private groups that morph out of the uh, out of the out of the kinship of common suffering, right? You know, God wants us to get together for sure. God, of my understanding, I I know does not want me or Bruce or or anybody to be alone, right? But, um, and wants us to be part of the group. But if we're not careful, the group, if you know, can become very healthy, can become an adjunct, can become a a supplement, a complement to our recovery. And if we're not careful, we can cross the line and become it can become detrimental. And um, I'll just give you a quick story here. When I was first uh, back in recovery, I was going to this meeting at four fifty a m. in the morning. If you can believe that, I wanted to get sober in the worst way that I would go to a 4.50 a.m. meeting um, six days a week. And there was, you know, 12 angry old men in this group, you know, actually 11. And there was me, and I was a little younger. And uh, they kept gushing about their private men's step study group. Oh, how they just love their private men's step study group, this, and, uh, their private men's step study. And I would hear it every single day, them gushing about what they talked about last night and how they're looking so forward to their private men's step study group. And they never invited me, Rudolph, the red nosed drunk named Toby. They never invited me to, to, uh, to participate in their private men's step study group. And, uh, Finally, about six months in, I got an invitation and I was so overjoyed. I just couldn't believe I was invited to their private men's step study group. And it was the following Tuesday. And that Monday night, the oldest, you know, gruffiest guy in, in the group, he called me that Monday night and he said that they had, they had disbanded the private men's step study group. It was, no, it was no longer in existence. So let me just give you the, the, the footnote. I was so hurt. And I was so new and so desperate to get better. What I did was I, I found this conference room in this office building that I was using, right? And I made a deal to use this conference room. And it seated about maybe 20 people comfortably. And I went to a couple of the early morning meetings, and I just randomly invited like 20 guys. I didn't know who any of these guys were to this private step study group, you know, at this conference room. And do you realize, Bruce, like I think 15 out of those 20 – accepted the invitation and they showed up you know and i got to tell you it was a real compliment to to my to my journey it was a very positive experience and uh it kind of fizzled out after about 15 or 20 of them but some of these groups they um they they hang in there and they they almost take on a life of their own don't they tell us about your experience now bruce in some of these groups that uh, take on a life of their own, and and if we're not careful, these private uh, kinships of common suffering um, uh, can can become a negative experience.
2: Thanks, Toby. Um, after that experience uh, with the Minute Minders, <laughs> I started. The, I, was tra- I was traveling I was traveling to meetings, and um, I, I heard about the uh, the Pacific Group. Which I, I didn't realize was another um, another section of uh, AA, and uh, I started going. I went to the synagogue in Pacific Palisades and uh, met. Uh, and went down to 26th in Santa Monica and they they talked about uh, Clancy and you know you have to be in this group and you have to go here and do this and it's the best and you got to be in. and I'm going like I think this is what I was in before. And it, it what, The one
1: that you just got kicked out. Yeah, of. they're right. Yeah. There's
2: another one. <laughs> but this one's bigger and uh, and better. And I'm going like I don't I don't know if this is. And I'm still dabbling in just regular AA. You know, I don't know if I want to go to regular AA. And uh, so I met this uh, girl. Uh, didn't really you know know they they were going to uh, go see. Uh, Terry Cole Whitaker, and I don't know how many people remember that from way back when, that she was a motivational speaker.
1: Very charismatic, very spiritual.
2: Yes, very um, wonderful message. Um, and uh, I had some tapes of hers, and I wanted to go see her live. And there was this group from the Pacific group that was going to go. It was down in Santa Monica at a theater. I can't remember what theater. And um, so I I went, and I, I knew this this girl, um, just we became, you know, we just went of the group. We just sat together in the, on the bus and and went in the theater together, and and um, she was just a casual friend, <laughs> and we listened to Terry Cole Whitaker, and the me- and I was and this is where you know you say you have to I have to watch out that my vessel was so empty at that time that Terry Cole Whitaker filled it when I left that theater. I looked at this girl, she had an aura around her, like, like an angel, and I said to her, I love you. And I meant like in a, in a physical, emotional, heartfelt, I love you. And she looked at me and said, I love you too. And you could not tell me at that time that this wasn't the girl for me. I had no idea what she did, who she was, where she was born, anything about her, but this was so
1: you were in you're in the zone. You're in, in the, the zone. zone, Bruce. At the time did you think it was the god zone? I,
2: absolutely. This Looking, was a spiritual experience.
1: Yeah. Looking back, was it maybe something other than the god zone? Yes. Was it possibly an evil zone that you were that you're in? You were in the fourth dimension. You—it's almost like time stood still, didn't it? Yes. When when everything stopped, you were in the zone, and you thought you were in the God zone.
2: I thought I was in the God zone for sure. And you weren't. I oh. and so I, so I started. You know, I think. Yeah, I think I moved into her house, and uh, and she got pregnant. Um, you know that that usually happens, and. Then it was like I woke up and I'm, I'm going like, what? Ha- how did I get here? What happened? I, I, it was it was a bizarre experience where I came down off this uh, supposedly spiritual high, and it wasn't a spiritual high. It was some sort of something had possessed me, and it was now gone. And here I was with this this girl, and we're we're gonna have a
1: baby. How interesting. It, so you you just said it. You were possessed, and when the devil was done with you, he left you, didn't he?
2: Absolutely. He left
1: you, and then all of a sudden, you're, you're there going, now what do I do? I got, you know... Did you have a program? No. Did you have a, a, a pregnant uh, girlfriend? Yes. Did you have any direction in life? No. Were you completely, utterly baffled and confused?
2: <laughs> Absolutely.
1: So was this God? No. Was it the devil? I think so. Or, 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 maybe just, just, just emptiness, man. You were back in no man's land, weren't you, Bruce?
2: Yes, I was vulnerable yeah. again. Yeah. And. Uh, oh,
1: by the way, I got to do a quick repeat in the middle of the long segment. The name of the show is called "The Fourth Dimension." I'm Toby C, and uh, we're with Bruce T. We're talking about evil resistance in early recovering. We're mashing it out. Hit it, Bruce.
2: Yep. So at this time now, I I didn't know what to do. Um, and I didn't have a sponsor, I didn't have anybody I could talk to. Um and this girl just took the bull by the horns and took care of what she needed to take care of and we parted ways, but there was a uh there was that emptiness again where I'm going like maybe not is not that for me because I've had a, a couple of rough experiences here and all I wanted to do is get sober and have a good life and it, and for some reason I kept getting involved with the w- group with the group
1: with the wrong group yeah. or doing something with this group and 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 losing a god of your understanding somewhere in this group and it happened to you twice yes you did this twice and you got kicked to the curb by the group yes and it wasn't god testing you man it was evil expressing himself through the group with with the one express intent of what? Discouraging you from getting better. Discouraging you from staying close to the right group, correct?
2: Correct. And I kept, uh, I just, I was very confused at that time. And uh, I began to talk to some of my uh, other friends in Alcoholics Anonymous and explain to them what had happened. And they said, well, that's, that's not AA what you're experiencing. And that was not God or God consciousness. That was something else. And I began to go, well, maybe, maybe I did have a, uh, you know, I was possessed or had an, uh, some sort of, cause something was trying to get me away from alcoholics yeah. so, and God.
1: Hold that thought for a minute. When they said that wasn't God, that was something else. Yes. Did they say what the something else was, Bruce? Did they say, you know, they just don't like to talk about evil or Satan or the devil, no. don't they? No. They're going to they're gonna t- call the devil something else. Correct. I'm telling you, gang, it's the biggest trick the devil ever played on the world is convincing the world that he doesn't exist. We want to call it something else correct and it's not something else it's evil it's the antithesis of a loving protecting god
2: yes i understand that looking back on that i believe that to be true um but i i a lot of people when i um that i got close to after this i told them the experience and and they they were quite um enamored and they thought it was pretty funny what had happened to me i mean they 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 said uh This, what has happened is you've been pulled away in a direction that you don't even know. You need to go just regular AA, get with the people, go to meetings, uh, listen, don't try to be special, which I was trying to do. I was trying to find the special ones or the person who knew everything. And I think that road took me to a place where I was more vulnerable and I was listening to the wrong message. Um... And then it, it just took it. It took me a long time to um, be calm again.
1: Yeah. You know, we're gonna break here before our final segment of the hour. But uh, I'm telling you, uh, it's a it's a bumpy road. It's a crapshoot. Who gets this? Who doesn't? Who who hangs around with their empty vessel, listening to the right message versus the wrong message? You know. Just don't know. We're gonna be right back finishing up hour two with Bruce T. I'm Toby C, the name of the show is called The Fourth Dimension, talking about evil resistance that so many of us encounter in early recovery. Be right back.
3: Message, then please visit us at itmtoby.com.
0: Are you feeling a little uncomfortable? Then you're right where you belong. In the fourth dimension with Toby C.
1: You know, those who deny the existence of satanic malice have a lot to learn, man. Satan's out there stirring it up, man. You know, he's not idle. Trust me. He's out there, you know. And uh, an idle mind is the devil's playground. Amen on that. We're just finishing up Hour 2 with Bruce T. And um, Bruce, what's your takeaway here, uh, you know, for... For somebody who's experiencing a little confusion with the group, or subgroups, or special groups, what's, what do you think?
2: Thanks, Toby. Um, well, my own experience is, I know that I was—we've um, talked about the vessel being half full or empty at this time—and it was what? What was I filling it with? Um, I was looking for something that was not uh, real, and what? what i all I need to do was do what was put in front of me, be part of the group and and talk to God and I found a sponsor um after a, a couple of them, and this man was one of the most humble men I knew, and he always went and he he talked to everybody who was in the meeting he shook their hand um and I was going like, "Why is he doing that? Why does he do that and it was his way of being humble and being godlike and filling his vessel and and I began to uh listen to what he said and and his message was that god is is love, and that i didn't need to um i didn't need to search with, with where i w- when it was right there and I began to expel um these notions that I had that there was some easier, softer way that um, I could get this—it took a lot of work, and it took a lot of humility, and just showing up and listening and and knowing that everybody was there was the same.
1: So, so he was telling you that that the group is love, and God is love, and you need to st- you need to stay close to this group, and you know how often Bruce. So many of us who come into recovery are in recovery because we are looking for love in all the wrong places, right? <laughs> Absolutely. And, and and we finally find love. We find a loving God as he expresses himself through the group, the kinship of common suffering. And that's the right group. But, but there's something that wants to, to make us start looking for love again in all the wrong places, you know, outside of the group. And outside of the group is certainly looking for love from within self-centered love you know or making something other than god as he expresses himself through the group making something or somebody else a higher power there it is but finally you found the right group you got back to the group didn't you
2: yes i got right back to the right group which was i kept thinking if this if this is the right group there's got to be something better <laughs> and and that thought kept Permeating through, and and that was my problem before. I was always looking for something to augment what was freely given me. That was was perfect, and I kept saying, "Well, this is good. I can make it better, and I can find somebody to help me make it better." And it was that was I found that to be not true. That the group um, is what it is, and it is is loving, and I just need to accept that. And it was it was hard to. um understand that there wasn't somebody who was special in AA who could make me get there faster or better or and have a a a, a leg up on everybody else I would know more or something like that and I had to I, where, I, where I had to be humble and I began to fill my vessel with love and and kindness I think kindness is one of the words that I really like now. Is uh, I always say God is kind, because kind is is something that um, I don't think you get that too too often. You have to work at that. You have to work at being kind, and uh, I like I like being kind today. I see people being kind, and the group is kind to me. They've always they've always ex- accepted me. They've never chastised me, and. It's been, it's where I am today. And most of the people in my group today, I mean, I know all about them and we all know about each other and we share things that we wouldn't share with other people. And uh, But
1: you're all equal. All equal. You're all equal. There's no deity. There's no overwhelming strong personality that's kind of running the show. No. And calling the shots. No. Everybody's equal, you know, and there's a, there's a pamphlet in an AA called Q&A on sponsorship and on the first page it says the sponsors and the sponsees they meet as equals you know and that's what we do in recovery um, so you finally found the right group and and have you become part of this group have you become have you become a part of of this group to the point Bruce where possibly God uses you as a channel as an instrument to convey a a loving message to other people who are participating or or sitting in on this group. What do you think?
2: I believe that. I mean, um, I try to help everybody in the group, and I'm available to them, and I I talk to a lot of people in the group after the meeting. And because of the group, when I go out in the world and talk to people um, in my business or my social gatherings or other People are always asking me, why do you think that way? Why are you nice? Why, are you, why do you have a good attitude? And I believe it's because I'm part of the group. And,
1: and, and God is expressing himself through you and the group.
2: Absolutely. I, and, and before it wasn't like that. It was before I had nothing. Um, but I, I really firmly believe today that... Uh, because of the group and be because of God that, um, and I believe God can't come down here and talk to anybody, but He can talk through me. And I never know when, and this has happened a lot of uh, many times to me, where I have thought that I need to call somebody, and I don't know why, but I'll call them up, and there's something traumatic on happening in their lives, and. I've called it the right time, and it's very weird.
1: Yeah, it's called intuition. We develop a sixth sense in recovery. We're going to wrap it up here. I want to thank Bruce for for two hours of mashing out evil resistance, stories that, you know, satanic, evil, devilish experiences that so many of us have in early recovery that discourage us from getting better. And that's just where the devil wants us you know so hey stay close to god stay close to the group and stay close to god as he expresses himself through the group and be mindful that the devil prowls around like a a lion looking for a vulnerable spirit to devour so stay sober and be alert and keep an eye out for for evil resistance and early recovery thanks for joining us i'm toby c the fourth dimension thanks again bruce god bless
2: thank you toby
3: Message, then please visit us at itmtoby.com.